Welcome to the humble climb season. I'm not sure what it is, but 2024, back well and proper. A massive, massive thank you for all those that have been waiting patiently for our episodes to start dropping. It's been a bit of a chaotic start to the year, but I'm so excited to be back in studio with the team. And a massive thank you to everyone who has always shown us plenty of love and continuing to rate and subscribe and like and love us and everything, all the beautiful comments and likes that we continue to get. I can't start today off without thanking some of our returning sponsors and new sponsors that are continuing to be the bloodline of this amazing podcast and platform, kicking off, of course, with A-Class Powder Coating. Amazing to continue to have your support in 2024. Thank you so much, guys. Gigi Hair and Kids, Marissa and the team are doing an awesome job for all things haircuts and whatever else you might need. We've got They've got beauticians in there as well now, so make sure you head down to Berkeley Street and check them out. Then some of our two newest sponsors that we've got as well this year is uh, Emily Wallace Buyers Advocate. So obviously myself being someone who's in real estate, we've uh, got a buyer's advocate on board. So Emily, a massive thank you. Emily, Harry, I'll post all their details so you can make sure you get around them. But if you are looking to buy or looking uh, for some advice and you're looking for an advocate out there in the marketplace, please reach out to Emily and Harry and I will be posting their details so you've got. And lastly, of course, EcoWave Cleaning. George and the team, you're absolutely fantastic at everything you do, whether it be commercial or residential cleans, make sure you get in touch with them. Again, we will post those details. But welcome back in our first episode of 2024. Pretty excited and humbled to welcome a good friend of mine, Corey Hargrave from Pulse 8. Now, we've already had Joss on last year, who was one half of the band. We've got I'm going to say the better looking half now. <laughs> Literally, cause welcome to the humble climate. Thank you so much, brother. Cheers, Dean. Thanks for having me, mate. It's been a long time in the making between you and I. We've been talking for a little while about making this happen. Um, you've had an amazing, interesting sort of story and growth as to where you've been. And I'd almost say in some respects, is it right to say that you're a late bloomer into it or? Yeah. So, um, well, yeah, for, for those that don't know me, so um, my background now is I work in strength and conditioning or more athletic development um, and a little bit more, uh, I guess, AFL footy specific stuff now. Um, but yeah, my background, when I finished school, I was actually an electrician yeah, um, right. for six years. Yeah. Yep. So finished my apprenticeship. Um, and then, yes, just started to realise it wasn't really for me towards the end of it and um, yeah, my journey's sort of, yeah, found my, found my way here now. I reckon with those eyes, you would have sparked a few fuses. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, yeah, too many. Damn, damn, I love it, I love it. I actually had no clue that you were in the electrician, um, genuinely, so I love hearing this stuff out. But you're obviously uh, now where you're at, out of Pulsating Murrumbina, which is an amazing community and environment, I would say. Um, but you're the high-performance sort of coach out of there, and now I'm pretty sure I could be very wrong, but one of the co-owners as well. Yeah, yeah, so Joss and Jossie. I own it together. Yep. Yeah, which is amazing. And so you started there how long ago? Uh, so we're just stepping into our seventh year now. So, yeah, basically how it happened. So Joss and another friend of mine, Jay, um, had started Pulsate together. At, at the time I was working at a, a sports science consulting facility, um, yeah, again, which was a little bit more athlete-based staff. Um, and so Joss and I had actually gone to school together. We, we grew up and went to high school together with friends. Um, and he reached out to me and he was like, man, he's like, we're starting this new facility. Um, we're pretty keen for you to come down. And I, I was pretty invested in my um, footy-based stuff at the gym I was um, I was at, sorry. And then, yeah, just sort of after a couple of months, made the decision to to move across. Um, and, yeah, at, at that stage, the boys are pretty much just only just started getting equipment in. So, yeah, took my clients over. Uh, within about three months, bought in a percentage. And then after about six months, we are like – 
yeah, let's just go all in and, and, and do it together. We're having so much fun and, um, yeah, it, it's been been incredible. So the, the Pulsate Centre in itself, so it started off with sort of equal share owners in some respect, not equal share, but started off as owners being directly um, yourself, Joss, and one of my, uh, both of our very good friends, Big Steeter, yeah, JST, yep. um, who we've talked about on this podcast before previously. <laughs> we became such good friends because I kept on missing his PT sessions. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's genuinely right. how we became mates because he's never met anyone here that would either not rock up not call and apologise because he was embarrassed or just simply cancel on him with the same <laughs> excuse every single time. And we're still such good mates. Um, so it's incredible that we actually go to the gym sometimes together now, which is quite funny in the mornings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guys, he's a machine and I'm just sort of trailing a bit behind. Like, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> started um, off started off with yourselves and obviously you've had a, a fair change. Sort of talking it back before we go right into it, childhood-wise and everything, um, Murrum being a ladder from memory? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up um, well, Oakley. Um, and then, yeah, played played footy, junior footy, went to primary school at Murrumbina. So, yeah, pretty much stuck around that area my whole life. You and I, you and your or your brother and I used to play, well, we were in the same team. I didn't play much. He he was he was playing a lot more than I was. But <laughs> little young Dars uh, and I played a lot of football down at the Murrumbina Football Factory together. Um, and so, with your footy prowess, prowess, I guess as a as growing up, were you sort of in those talent squads and all those types of things that football was offering at those ages? Um, no, I wasn't. So, like, I, I loved footy as a kid, but I was never very, very talented. I guess um, where I was sort of more was suited into the in, into that area was was my work ethic and just yeah, I guess I guess my drive for wanting to be better. Yeah. Um, you know, so I always trained very hard, but just unfortunately, I was just no, not very good. So oh. I was um, now always, always played juniors. Um, yeah, through till under seventeens at Murrumbina. Um, and then probably just enjoyed the festivities more than the actual games, unfortunately, which probably put me a bit behind the guys I was competing with. But uh, no, always trained very hard, loved, loved my footy. But yeah, was never really exposed to um, to the NAB League or um, the TAC Cup it was um, back when I was younger. But yeah, so I guess my knowledge around that area only came from um, once I started training kids that were, yeah, within those areas. It's awesome because the senior growth and I'm We'll go through it all with the way that it's happened, but going from a, an electrician to an, a, an, a co-owner of an elite sports facility now in what Pulsate has become, um, you know, it's a, it's a fair change to make from um, going. And did you find when you were going through um, the post-school years and maybe fluttering with the electrician idea, did you go through a period of being like shit or feeling lost, like I just don't, I don't quite know what I'm going to do? Yeah, very much so. I think. Look, when I was younger, like I said, I absolutely loved footy and I was I was dedicated to my footy when I was, you know, 16, 17. Um, and at school just wasn't for me. I really struggled um, paying attention in school. Um, I hadn't even read a book really but until I was about 24, I think, was the first novel that I read. Um, and, yeah, I, I was really lost. I was fortunate. My, my parents were um, pushed me to get into a job early, um, which, which, again, taught me just to have – uh, good work ethic and, you know, I learned a lot of foundations about business and that sort of thing uh, through through my electrical apprenticeship and through the company that I was working with. Um, and even when I left there, I was really unsure about what I was going to do. You know, I just – I knew I wasn't happy in the space what I was doing yeah. and um, still somewhat a, a little bit lost in my in my early 20s. Um, and I actually ended up – so when I quit, I, I went over to Thailand um, and I taught English for six months. So – yeah, I knew I just wanted to get out of Melbourne, just start something fresh, try something different. Um, and look, I was captain of, of my footy club in my junior years, so I'd always sort of had a leadership role. Um, yeah, mentoring that sort of thing. I was, I knew I had a, a slight passion in. 
Um, so, yeah, so decided that I'd give that a crack. Went over there, had, had a really nice holiday and, um, yeah, once I sort of found myself, I, th- I thought that's in- initially what I was expecting I wanted to do. So I ca- came back to Melbourne, um, had teed up to do a teaching degree. So I started putting in all the applications. Obviously, it was a little bit more of a process for me because – I didn't really have an enter score and yeah. yeah, didn't really have much of a background in education or anything. But um, yeah, got got uh, some advice from the right people and, and got recommendations. And um, just before I was about to uh, put in my application for teaching, I, I'd started training at the sports science consulting facility that that I eventually worked for, um, and was doing the strength and conditioning work that that I coach now. So um, yeah, started doing that, and it was just a, like a light bulb moment. I had one day I was like, shit, I. You know, I don't think really teaching is is for me. I, I love the teaching component, but it was more the the coaching. I love I loved well, my, I love footy. Footy's my passion, and yeah. Um, yeah, just being able to help help footy players and and now young footballers is um, yeah. I, I started to realise was what what I really wanted to invest myself in. That's incredible. We've gone from electrician to teacher mm. in Thailand to teaching English to now being obviously in the space that you're at. I love what um I love what Paul said. I know we've t- discussed it almost a year ago when we had Joshie on, but I love what Paul said offers as a as a as a community and a vibe. And a lot of my mates or our mates go there um and are continuing to go there. But also the recognition now that you guys are getting from out the outer circles, I would say, of, you know, and let's call it the AFL likes. I mean from a player's perspective, and if we're talking purely AFL, some of the biggest names that you can get um, come and train there. I mean, Brayden Maynard, Tom Mitchell, Jeremy Howe, uh, Finn Callahan from GWS, throw, you know, throwing him in there as well. And there's more I'm sure that I'm forgetting about. Um, it's an incredible platform that you guys are building and obviously being trusted with these, let's call it elite sports people's bodies in the off season or whatever it might be. It's an incredible thing. Why, I guess, are these types of people or these sports people choosing places like sports, uh, like Pulsate? Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's interesting. All people ask me that. I think, um, look, how I've, how how we really built our foundation around um, having the environment with elite elite sports players was when when I had initially started um, my coaching. I was fortunate enough to coach two young players that were that they got drafted, Jack Higgins um, and Leith Vandermeer. So they oh, yeah. yeah, Jack had got drafted to to Richmond first, uh, and Leith is still at the Bulldogs. And um, it's just one of those things that it just Every year it would just sort of be a little bit of word of mouth. Um, you know, they, they'd bring a player from a club or and then, you know, and have another young kid or two kids that would get picked up and it just sort of kept snowballing and snowballing. And it was just, you know, you're just sort of fortunate. It, it falls in your lap sometimes that some of these kids are, are, are really good footballers, um, you know, and had some really high draft picks. I think in the um, COVID year, you know, Finn, Finn went really early, had Josh Rochelle, another guy, Campbell Chessel, sort of went in. How much um, has I went to West Coast? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, We're all within the top twenty, um, and then yeah, within that year, it was sort of COVID happened, and it was, you know, a, a real curse in terms of what had happened for our business at, at the time. But um, I guess if there's any positive out of it, a lot of the elite guys weren't able to still train at their facilities. So, um, you know, that word of mouth, and we just started, but we're, we're able to bring more guys in, and I, I guess for us, the culture that I think, I, I mean, look, I'm only speaking on not on behalf of the guys, but from what well, the feedback that I get is um, the culture and the care factor that we provide at Pulsate is is probably a little bit different. And, um, you know, every, everything that we do, I try to, well, Joss and myself, we individualise as much as possible and, and, and the rest of our staff, sorry. 
Um, so it's not as if, you know, people just come in, they just get given a program and they go through the motions. You know, we really take the time to actually find out, okay, you know, what's someone's lifestyle, um, you know, their their history in terms of um, their in- injuries, what are they actually trying to improve, and then we can try and set themselves a little bit more of an individualised program and take the time um, to be able to train them one-on-one or in, or in shorter settings, which, um, you know, it's just for, for resources or for, for whatever reason that sometimes they don't quite get that um, at the elite level. Um, so, so yeah, that's sort of how it's, it's fallen into place. I find it amazing. And like knowing you personally, um, <clears throat> I've always known what an amazing upbringing you've had, like, especially your man or both your parents, but your man being the firefighter, like gentle <laughs> giant that he is, um, big Fred, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah, it, yeah. Freddie. Yeah. Um, so, and he was also remember being a president. He was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah he's yeah. still involved with still the club involved, now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. obviously you, you've had always an amazing upbringing and I, I can, you can tell that from even back then. Um, but one of the things that you're passionate about as well that I've noticed throughout is the care that, and effort that you put into AFLW as well. Like I think it's it's amazing like seeing your profile. Um, like you get around the girls so much when something like Katie – is it Kate Hall? Um, yeah, Kate Hall's there, Grace Egan, uh, Liv Vesley from St Kilda, yeah. Steph Chochi. Um, it, it's a, it's yeah. an amazing like community that you've got growing. No, yeah. but it's amazing like – you got the AFL side doing, and you, and that's plugging away, and then the AFLW, and then obviously your boxing friend Campbell Somerville as well. Yep. Like you really are becoming that one stop shop for so many um, elite sports people now, and I feel like year on year it's probably growing. Like I think recently I saw, and I could be wrong, but Bailey Smith was in there from the Bulldogs as well. Yeah, he was. That was. Uh just after our COVID year, actually, yeah. he's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's a pretty amazing facility that you have for a little place in, well, it's not so little, but for a suburban, um, yeah, yeah. For a suburban place in Murrumbina, um, next to, by the way, the best uh, shawarmas going around in the business, yeah, Oasis, Oasis Bakery, my word, they are fantastic. But, yeah, it's an amazing place to see the growth that you guys have had, and I think it's coming, obviously, through to a lot of places. You know, love, love and care is obviously paramount, but the energy you guys are bringing in the mornings is off the charts. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean, I can't give credit to the energy. I've got to give that to um, my business partner, Joss. He's the one that's really the, the face in terms of, um, yeah, how he sparks everyone up and he's just such an incredible motivator. But um, I, I guess now, like, it's it's more of a, a real team effort. And I think, I mean, I guess maybe another draw for for why everyone is is coming to us or particularly with Pulsate itself is, is the fact that we have built ourselves from the ground up, you know, so we're really just – I mean, I'll, I'll put Jay within this as well. You know, we're just three local guys um, from Marambina that just wanted to have a crack and um, and, and just enjoy ourselves and and um, give people the opportunity to to train, but just enjoy themselves while they were doing it. And um, you know, like I said, obviously my passion in footy has been able to sort of, I guess, uh, specify my, my training and go into a little bit more of a niche of um, of the footy market. Um, but but yeah, it's just just one of those things. It's just. Um, got to make sure that we just enjoy it every day and yeah we're very lucky to have it so run me through as someone like yourself that's an obviously an elite trainer of all types of people that you see your sort of monday to sunday as such or whatever it might be i mean what type of hours are you working i mean individualized programs all those types of things that i imagine that you're working out on when you're not physically working out with clients you're obviously doing all these programs and things like that what's sort of the work like work rate like for for someone like yourself yeah so i mean look it's so to get an understanding of basically how my, my career will operate is so Pulsate is its its own entity in itself. Um, and I'm a director of Pulsate or owner. Um, but then I also have my high performance stuff 
Um, and my, my, I guess my personal training is, is my own business as well. So um, I juggle o- o- operating both at the same time. And um, I guess the biggest thing is is having the staff and having the people around you to be able to support you um, to continue to build that and also ha- have, have a life outside of your work as well. So really m- Mondays is a little bit more of an admin day. So I spend a lot of the time with Joss um, and had the two of our managers have been incredibly helpful, Georgia and Jordan, um, at building us up. So we spent a lot of the time planning the week, um, breaking down our classes, our class numbers, uh, obviously doing our budgets, that sort of thing. Then I'll progress into doing a little bit more of my individual stuff. So there's a couple of guys that I've got uh, that work with myself, with my athletes, um, or with our athletes, sorry. And then, you know, we'll start talking about um, what had happened the week before. So if there's any niggles or anything from guys the week before, any program adjustments um, that we might need to make or that we're going to be making for the week ahead. Um, and then, yeah, then we can start setting up the programming and all our times from there. And then the afternoon is, is when I start my training. So most of the stuff that I'll do now, I do, you know, a few one-on-ones. If I've got new people that'll come yep. on in, always like training in one-on-one just to set a foundation first. Um, but then we set him to a little bit more of a semi-private group model. So basically it, it works really well. So a lot of the people that I train now um, is more of the – 16, 17, 18-year-olds that are actually trying to push to go into the AFL system. So AFLW now, a little bit different. I've got a lot of the girls in now because they're in the off-season, so they're not playing. AFL, it's a bit harder when they're um, getting close to the games. You know, they're at the club for six days a week, so really for them to step out and see me for the extra day um, doesn't happen too often. There's a couple that will sort of come in if we do a little bit of tune-ups and that sort of thing. But So most of the the guys and girls that I'm training um, are of that younger level. So they'll, they'll usually set up about one or two sessions a week um, and uh, then we do a – yep. Sorry. Uh, no, you go, you go, you go. Yeah, and then we, yeah, so we do in, integrate a little bit more of uh, speed, agility, strength and power. So, yeah, just sort of created, we've created good enough methods that, yeah, have obviously worked for us over time and worked for our athletes. So it's um, – yeah, that's kind of how we, we, we set the base of it. So speaking about some of these younger people um, that are coming through, like as an example that you guys have had training and I could talk about the most recent – I guess draftees to a degree, but people like Cooper Simpson, uh, I think Harvey Johnson, yep. another one, um, Elijah, who's just been in the system, Delisa Tatas, who's only been the I think he's been there two years in the system. Yeah, he got picked up last year. Robert Bakercha yep. just got picked up. Um, Blake Drury, so all those types of players, right? But all these younger guys, obviously, I imagine these younger, younger guys were training with you in their 16, 17, 18 year level. Um, how are you guys formatting? Like, are some of these? Uh, and we call them the NAB League now for those that don't know that used to be called the TAC Cup back in our day but yep. for some of these players I mean are they is there like is there talent managers reaching out to you guys or whatever how, how is that working yes I guess look at it's things have adapted a lot over time so early days well like I said when I first started I always had a couple of players but it was more um, just sort of off the bat of social media stuff yeah, or, okay. you know, friends of friends, that sort of thing. Definitely in the last couple of years, I think um, the players' management side of things is, has has picked up a lot and most of the guys are, um, you know, well, the, the better players um, are definitely going to be looked after management. And um, I've got a really good relationship with a lot of players' agents that will, um, yeah, get in contact with me if they've got a kid in the area that they want to try, you know, whether they've got injury issues um, or, again, you know, there might be clubs have said to them, look, you know, this this boy or girl's um, de- deficient in, in their speed or, you know, they need to get a little bit more strength, whatever. Um, yeah, and then, then the I basically just give them the template of, of of what I would recommend they need. I'm, I meet the meet the athlete and then, and then we go from there and, yeah. You probably uh, you're probably dealing, and I know you can't say it because you're obviously dealing with many different player agents. But 
I've only got the one that I deal with in in the goat and the king. <laughs> Nick, Nick Geish. Yeah, no, no, I, I get along really yeah, well. Geish yeah. is a great guy. He's yep. one of my he's one of my favourite humans. He's actually been on this podcast himself. Yeah, yeah, um, listen, so yeah. he's a very, very, very good friend of mine. So I imagine people like him are setting down clients or their own talent as well to people like you, and they've got that relationship directly where they can be like, mate, can you just sort out these boy and have a look at his speed or have a look at his agility? The club thinks they need to work on X, Y, Z. What do you think and all that? Is that yep. how it sort of works, breaking it down? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, look, I openly say this to all the players, players agents and the, and the managers that, you know, I, I have relationships with all these guys. It's yep. really important. And, and, look, I'm confident that um, the product that we put out, well, I, I believe, is, is the best in the country and – you know, I think that it, it doesn't matter who who I talk to, what relationships we have, as long as our product is is always going to be the best. Um, you know, everyone will want to keep keep sending players to us, and I guess again the, the the difference is being able to have those relationships with the managers too, um, and be open and honest with everyone is that they can create a trusting relationship um, with you too, and they know that you know if they, if they are going to send, um, you know, and the, these are these are young adults, they're really kids, the seven, seven year old kids that they're sending in. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're making recommendations to their parents and to these kids to promise them that um, that you're going to have a good product. That um, yeah, you know, that 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 we are passionate about actually giving them the best result. And um, you know, we're going to do everything we can to to get them drafted. One of the most amazing, and I know that you've got a very close relationship with the Collingwood vice captain Braden Maynard. Do, um, yeah. yeah, and I know that you're very close, and we're we're, we're working on getting him on the pod. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen eventually. Um, I'm just a bit like that annoying person. I just <laughs> sit there and I just chip away at it. Um, but it will happen. But um, I saw this amazing thing. Uh, it was something on your social media, I think it was, and it was maybe an embrace after the grand final or something. I, I could be wrong. I think it was I think it was that. It was a pre prelim. Was it the prelim? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Which was amazing to see. Like obviously you were in the inner sanctum in the rooms and I was like, oh, you know, geez, like obviously that's how much this guy values your work in the off season, and I'm sure you work throughout the season as well that you do to have you at such a special game and in the rooms as well. I just thought it was incredible. Mm. Well, look, it's it. Yeah, I mean, and that's the most rewarding thing for me. It's you know, I, I just love being able to see or give giving more of my guys and girls the opportunity to get the best out of themselves. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I guess it's something that you know I was never able to do because I didn't have the talent to get myself there. So I think being able to give the guys who have the talent. Um, you know, what what I do have and, and, and like I said, that finding the ability to work and my knowledge that I know I, I can help them get better is, um, yeah, it's something that's been really special. And I guess my, my relationship with, with, with Braden is um, is a really special one because, you know, he came to me, I think it was just before COVID, um, to, to start training. And, you know, he was, even though he'd been in the system for a few years, I, I think he's still quite raw in terms of his athletic ability. Um, you know, and, and he'll probably openly say this, he's probably still a little bit immature um, in terms of his his attitude towards footy before he really started um, him committing before, himself. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, just to be a part of his journey um, and, and be able to, to watch him grow and, and become the person. Well, not – he was always been a, been a fantastic person, but just his his growth yeah, within footy has just been exceptional yeah. and – and, you know, I even see it around, I just say that the difference between, you know, when I get the young guys and, and girls that come in and, and they're surrounded by the, the elite, the elite when they come in, um, you know, you can imagine sometimes that these players that uh, have attention on themselves all the time, you know, could, could neglect the kids or, you know, just want to do their own thing. And 
just his ability to just to go over to you know to young 17 18 year old, 18 year old kids and and introduce himself and um you know spend the time to train with them sometimes we'll link up sessions that sort of thing help them outside like he, he's just an incredible human being and to see him get get voted as vice captain again um for this year is um yeah, it's, it's, it's truly amazing. He's, he's, he's an awesome guy. I love I love hearing that. It's awesome. And, and hey, I couldn't agree more. And that's that skyrocketing effect that we've sort of talked about with where it is. <laughs> sort of wanting to move on. And I spoke to a I spoke to a good friend of ours today. Uh, you might you may know you may know you may not know him. <laughs> His name's uh, Josh Holdsworth oh, from yes. Pulse Eight. Here we go. And I said to him, "Great man, I've got Corey coming on the pod. How would you best describe him if you had to sum him up?" <laughs> and he goes, "Intelligent, funny." Loyal, outgoing, magnificent body, <laughs> but was there for me when I needed him the most. First one there when times are tough, and I'm extremely lucky to have him as a business partner, but most importantly as family. And I, uh, I think that's probably the most amazing way to sum you up, to be honest with you, mate. Thanks, mate. And uh, <laughs> it was actually really, really good to see. And because I know as guys and, and as and as blokes, we, we don't normally talk as openly about how much we love one another. Mm. Um, but I just thought it was awesome and I just wanted you to know that because you've always had that bright smile on your face, mate, and it's just amazing to see. A couple of questions uh, that I wanted to fire off to you as well, importantly. Yep. With your industry in particular, the fitness industry right now, and we were talking on the way in about different gyms and all those types of things, um, from an industry leader that you guys are, what do you see the biggest issue with your industry at the moment? Um, or is there one that stands out to you? There might not be. You know. I mean, look, I, I used to think there was an issue around the – Probably the the lack of um, education that a lot of um, high end trainers or you know so social influencers and that sort of thing um, were having on the general population as more of just like a sales pitch as opposed to actually um, selling someone an, an efficient product. Um, but now I look at it and I just think you know if, if people are encouraging people to get out and train and um, you know and, and move and 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 do more things like there's you know there's there's it, it's not not an issue at all. I think. Maybe within um, with, with with the athlete development side of things, potentially sometimes there is a little bit of a flaw there where you know kids are getting sucked into people that might have a bigger influence or following than yeah. than other people and not quite following the the programs that are going to be best directed for them. Um, but again, really, if kids are just learning to commit themselves at an early age, I think they're going to find the right path over time anyway. So, in terms of the yeah, that, that being an issue, I, d I don't think it is. I think, um, you know, the fitness industry is, is booming at the moment. I think, um, well, you know, fast, it's, it's probably been the busiest summer we've we've ever had um, in Pulse 8 history in terms of numbers coming through the door and, and for myself with my athletes coming through. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess it's just it's good to see that everyone's actually motivated and, and, and keen to try and get the best out of themselves. Now it's just making sure that we can actually direct people to, to finding the most efficient ways and, um, and being able to get the best out of themselves. I love that. If you could change one thing um, about your industry, whether it be hypothetically a higher level of accreditation for a trainer or something or a constant refresher, um, someone that's in, as an example, real estate, we're always, always getting asked these questions as to, you know, you speak to so many people, they, they're like, oh, I used to be a PT or I used to be, I had, I, yeah, I got my agent's license for real estate, but I didn't stick it out or I lasted three months or PT, I hear a lot. Like I hear a lot of people, you know, more than just a PT, but I'm just saying in general, you hear a lot of people that have got P, I'm a PT, I'm a yeah, PT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you think that it needs to be sometimes maybe a harder accreditation process or something 
just to sort of get that title? Oh, look, I, th- I think it's it's a tough one because, I mean, when I look at my background, so I had a degree in, or bachelor degree in sport and exercise science. Um, and I look at the most of, of what I'd learned that's applicable for my athletes now, I would have learned from separate courses outside of my degree. Yeah. And even though it was really important, um, you know, there was a lot of really things that yeah. were really good. Um, it, it's not the be all, be all, be all and end all. Um, to being a, de- a good coach, definitely. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I've only discovered from coaching hours. And I look back at methods that I might have used in my first, second year of coaching that I thought were really applicable and, and, and good then um, that, that I would think are laughable now. You know, and the, the other thing, the, the human body is very complex and everyone is so different. So and that, I think that's the hardest thing is there's so many different methods that are going to be good for one person that might not be good for someone else. And it's just it, it just takes years of experience and practice um, to find out, yeah, what, what does work. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's there probably is an issue around, you know, there's some courses, I'm, 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 I don't actually know this exactly, but just sort of hearing things, you know, you might be able to fast track online courses or something, you can just yeah. do certificates in I don't even know what it is, three, four months or something, you know, which um, it doesn't matter what industry you're working in. I don't think, you know, that that would be – you're really going to find a good education, education from that. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the, the actual education process, if I was going to give advice to anyone that's going to go down my career path, um, I would just say that it's – Research is changing all the time and research also isn't everything. You know, there's a lot of models that you can base base off um, that you need to keep ad- adapting and, and, and moulding to new things as they're coming and and be open to accepting that um, you might be wrong in some ways that you coach things and, um, and, yeah, and yeah, just be open to keep learning as you're going. It's, I, I just, you know, you're probably the same as me, but the on-job value, the on-job experience is so invaluable and learning as you as you get older and the time that you probably you we're all going to look back at things that we did in our first couple of years in our respective jobs and be like oh we changed that up so much yeah yeah we yeah, do for sure. that so differently 100%. which is always the way um, with things so just a few questions mate before we finish up so one of the questions that I want to ask you was how you manage your and balance your because you're working what 60 70 hours a week oh yeah it'd be something crazy something crazy <laughs> how do you go about managing your own personal life obviously um that's a that's a super important question. Yeah, I mean, look, like I said, initially it's now now we've we've grown into a, to two two big businesses essentially, but under Pulsate, it's it's providing yourself with the right staff and and the right support staff around you um, to to share the workload. And obviously, Joss is my my best mate, my biggest support. You know, we do everything together. Um, to us, always communicating and making sure we're giving time for family. And if we've got other stuff on or whatever, there's, there's always a really good agreement there. Our incredible staff, like we've got 20 staff now, um, that we all, you know, delegate different tasks or different head roles to, to certain individuals to manage things. So it just means that Joss and myself can oversee the business rather than trying to micromanage everything at the same time. Um, and then I guess the other thing is just actually setting myself specific hours to make sure that I don't go over the top because like anyone, if I wanted to work 90 hours, if I wanted to do Monday to Sunday, I, I could find something to do realistically. Full but work, yeah. Yeah, there's just there's always going to be something to do and that's something that I've probably realised and come to change over over time is, you know, even though there's a, the voice in your head that's going, we'll get this done, get this done, you'll be happy, you'll be happy, you'll be happy, the next thing, you know, another issue or something else comes up. So, you know, you've got to find that balance and, and for me it's dedicating time, you know, to my family, to my partner, um, to footy, to my own training is something that you you tend to forget sometimes as a trainer when you're so invested in everyone else. So just making sure for me, it's like I don't do anything until about 11 o'clock. 
the morning's my time and then the afternoon I'll I'll go and work through to the night and generally now I'm trying to have sat, Saturday and Sundays off. Yeah. I'm sort of working maybe one in four Saturdays but, um, yeah, it's a little bit on my own accord. Which just it, it just not only does it mean that I, I get – my life on top of my, my work life, but it makes your your actual work life so much more efficient. I feel like I'm a lot better at work when when I've had some time off. Speaking about your partner, you're in a very you're a very attractive couple. I've seen the, <laughs> the photos on Instagram, and let me say, wow. <laughs> yeah, I think she, she lifts the bar on that one. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I absolutely love it. It's it's awesome. Now, one of the uh, last things that I wanted to ask you, and uh, before we head into the humble three, which has got brand new questions this year on the humble three, so we changed them up from last year. So I'm looking forward to getting in, into it. But social media for your business in particular, um, I'm massive. I love it. I think it's it provides it's everything. But uh, social media, how much of an important influence has it been on your business? Uh, yeah, well, near near to everything really. Like yeah. you know, when I first started, like I said, it's a, a lot more word of mouth. Um, that was you know ten years ago, or something, and you know it's you, you start to realise that the, the you know kids are on their phone, or everyone's on their phones, flat stick now. It's like if you're not if you're not in everyone's face constantly, then there's some someone else will be in, and and they're going to, going to be a, find a faster route to creating that connection which you could have have. So, look for me, it's very important. I just keep trying to keep my stories going as much as I can, um, not just to, um, I guess, not just to grow my business, but just to to show everyone exactly how how good and how competent the guys are that we've got too, and and show them off a little bit. And because um, it is something that we're very proud of is is the athletes that we have and. Um, but yes, yeah, so I guess it's also providing people with comfort, um, around the knowledge that I have. So something I'm not huge on posting, which I, I, I do need to get better on, but I always make sure regardless of the traction that I might get from a post, what I'm putting out still allows people to, when they look at my profile, will say, you know, whether it is a, a players agent or say it's a, an AFL coach or, you know, strength coaches from there when players are coming and they're seeing me. Um, that they can look at it and go, oh, okay, maybe this guy actually does know what he's yeah. talking about. And um, I think it is, it's, it's very important. Like we're, even though we, you know, we're, we're human beings that our, our um, online profile is, is, is something it's like a resume. Yeah, exactly right. Every, everyone has one now. So it's, it's just a way of life. It's an incredible, yeah, no, I love your content. Like even like the, as I said, just generally the way the, the, the cutting of everything that you guys do um, is, is phenomenal, both across Pulsate. And obviously yours as well. I mean, if anyone's never checked out the the videos when these guys launch, like a, <laughs> that they do when they're launching a, a Pulsate uh, challenge or something, like you've got to go jump on the page. It is one of the funniest thing. I think you were dressed in a bunny bunny outfit. Or oh, we got married last time. Yeah, yeah. you got married last time. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. it is. Who comes up with that stuff? Oh, it's Joss. That's not me at all. Mate, it's okay, mate, D- Dimmy, we have. I get. I'll get a phone call. Say we're going to do the video on the Friday. I'll get a phone call on the Tuesday, and he'll put a song on. And he goes, listen to this. And he goes, Friday, we're getting married. Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? And he goes, <laughs> oh, you actually, he'd arranged me to have a pink suit, but he goes, I've got a pink suit for your Friday. Just rock up, we'll sort out then. So no one's got any idea what's going on. He just goes to the staff, you get here at 12 o'clock, and then his head just exploded. And he's just the most creative person I've ever come across. It's oh, incredible, it you know. Just blows up. Creativity, his energy, uh, just his, his passion say, and his love for everyone. No it. you, 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 is there anything you've ever said no to, like a video idea? No. No. You know why? Because – I, I initially first, you know, we, I mean, we used to be so stupid in terms of budget budgeting for things, for parties, for our videos, different stuff. And I remember we spent crazy amounts of money in our first couple of years on on some things. I used to question him, and then, you know, the 
the positivity and the um, outcome that we'd that we'd have from these videos. I think after our first couple, I was like, "Look, bro, you just do you you, you tell me the time. I'll get yeah, there. Yeah. I don't care if I look like an idiot. Um, everyone loves it. Our members love it. So, Mate, um, like, yeah. It's how a many laugh. members are you up to now? Uh, I think we, so. We have two hundred and twenty yeah. at, at, at Pulse Eight, um, and then there's eighty athletes that I've got right. now, and then so I guess. Even on top of the 220 members that we have at Pulse 8, all our trainers, the, the 20 people that are there, everyone's got their own PTs on, yeah, on, on top, top of that. that. So yeah. there's a lot of foot traffic coming in the door now. It's just a, it's such an incredible community, you know. Stop. So proud to um to be a part of it. It's um yeah, it's it's, it's something it's really special. It's 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 a yeah, great lifestyle that yeah. we're able to live. And then the last three questions that we want to finish up with, because I remember really appreciative of you coming in. So they're brand new humble three questions, and they've taken me forever to, to get through and trying to get through. And I know everyone's probably waiting with uh, weighted breath, so I'll get to it. If you could invite three people to dinner, any any three people, who would it be and why? Okay, three people. So um, for those that don't know, I'm, I'm re really into my country music. Yeah. Um, so I'd love Morgan Wallen would be one, definitely. Um who would be two? I guess what, my, my favourite footballer when I was a, a junior growing up was um, Tony Liberatore. <laughs> so I used to love Liber. So let's say Liber, Liber for number two. Um, and then number three, so someone that um, he's like a, a – this would be a bit out there. He's like a spiritual teacher, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Um, some people might not know, but he's um, – yeah, I've been getting a lot in, into my meditation and mindfulness stuff over the last few years, and he's someone that I've that I've followed. Is just very very much um, uh, able to be to be present and just yeah, really really good practices. So, um, but those would be my three. I'm so excited to keep on getting these answers this year. <laughs> it's awesome. It's out there. It's so you know what? Because no one's going to say the same three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I love it. Um, your ideal retirement destination. So money's not a factor. Yeah. Um, but your ideal retirement destination. Um, well, maybe like somewhere like the Maldives. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll just yeah. get over there, just sit on the beach yeah. and I can just tan, just eat seafood. <laughs> maybe I've got a gym and I'll just train every morning. Just, yeah, <laughs> me and the missus just kick the feet up and relax. Pulsate <laughs> franchises to Maldives. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> um, and number three, which is a bit of a self-reflective moment, but what has been the most, what has been the one most, uh, the one moment in your life which you have been, which has made you the most proud of, the most proud <laughs> Um, one moment in life has made me the most proudest. I, I don't know if there's been a specific moment, but I think, well, upon reflection, probably the the moment that I'm the most proud of is the day when I quit my job as an electrician. Um, because I think for me, I was quite scared to make a transition of changing my life. I was quite unhappy with a lot of things and with with my lifestyle at the time. Um, and it probably took me, I think, two years to make that decision. Um, to go and. I'll be completely honest, I actually had no idea what I was going to do. I remember walking into work that day and knowing that I didn't want to be there and I just thought, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm getting out of here. And I went on went on, went on, on my phone, um, looked up working overseas, found a teaching online course. I booked it in that day and I told my boss the next day I was, I was leaving. Um, and, you know, from going from someone that I just expected that work was going to be something that everyone has to do and, you know, the unhappiness and – Everything else was just something that goes with it. You know, you just work for money and from doing that I've, I've found, you know, work, I, I was able to start a business with my best mate and and, and I live the best day every life. Uh, sorry, live the best life every day. You know, I, I, I truly love going to work. You know, I get up every morning, I want to be there and I have to almost pull myself away from it now. So it's 
that that defining moment for me, um, yeah, to, to make that decision, I guess, was ballsy at the time. But if I never made it, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be able to, to be doing what I'm doing now. I love that. Hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll clip that one up as a social clip because that was awesome. <laughs> that was an awesome response, which I'm glad we've changed up those three questions because uh, I tried to put as much love into this uh, episode as possible. And I genuinely, mate, can't thank you for coming on enough. You guys are doing amazing things. I love your videos. I love your positivity. I love your creativity. And I love just what everything you guys stand for. You're as family orientated and friendly orientated as you come. And I think Josh's words that he said about you, and obviously I know we haven't hung out in, in a while, but uh, are as true as it gets. You're one of the you're one of nature's absolute gentlemen. So thank you so much for coming on, mate. No, cheers, Dim. Thanks, brother. You're a legend. If anyone that uh, wants to check it out, please make sure you jump on Instagram. Obviously, there'll be all the tags and everything. A massive thank you as always to our sponsors once again, Gigi Hair and Kids, Emily Wallace Buyers Advocates. Please check them out on Instagram, Eco Wave Cleaning, and of course, A Class A Class Powder Coating. As always, always open to sponsorship opportunities. And for anyone that wants to get involved, please continue to get in touch with us. Subscribe, like, share, do everything you can. There'll be plenty of collabs happening from this episode between uh, the Humble Climb and Pulsate and, and Corey and Joss. So look forward to having you guys back on again. Thank you so much. Good to be back. Enjoy. Cheers, mate. Thank you, legend. <laughs>